Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. Hello, everyone. I am Louisa Yovanovich. We are here with Conscious Conversations with Louisa, and I have the honor and pleasure of introducing Kohila Silvas to you guys. This woman just blew me away, and I am so excited to highlight her work. Kohila, welcome, and let's have this amazing opportunity to get to know you. Thank you so much for having me. And every time I met you too, it was like we knew each other from a previous life or something, but there's a very good connection. So there really is. My pleasure. Thank you. So let's hear how all of this started for you. I mean, you are quite an extraordinary woman. Thank you. Well, it started with my own, um, you know, struggles, right? As, as for everyone, right? Because you have to learn from all the stuff that you go through. There's yes. a, always a lesson for you to learn and, yes. uh, and uh, make it better for others. So that's where it began. You know, I left my country. I'm from Sri Lanka. It's a small island underneath India. It's its own country. So that's where it all started. We had a war. So I grew up with the war. So I have that in my background and leaving my very, very uh, loving grandparents was the first disaster in my life. I was six years old, flew to Canada. And then in Canada, you know, I didn't know English. So racism. And then my dad started drinking. So my household became very, you know, not that great to live in. And then, uh, you know, I was um, raped at the age of 12 by someone I know. So that also was a big hit. And at the age of 13, I decided to end my life because I just couldn't take any more problems, right? So that's really when everything turned around for me, the day that I went to the hospital. It was like a wake-up call. 13 this time? It was was 13, yeah. Wow. And what was, I mean, what was that day like? What what do you... It was a big, big decision day, right? It was like, you know, I had to go through a lot of conversations with myself. And that was the day that I really had a great, great conversation, the day that I did that to myself, because every other day I would just be, you know, in my sadness or in my negative thinking. But here I was thinking about both sides, my negative side, as well as my positive side came in and started advising me not to do this. But of course, my negativity has more power at that time because I was struggling and I didn't see any way out of it other than you know this is the way for me to leave you know the world right so but at the hospital it it actually started working you know my positive side I think it's from the universe or God or whoever you want to believe I think the message has come for me that you're not you're not allowed to leave it's not your time yet you have things to do and And here are some things you have to do who found you? What was, how did you end up in the hospital? I think it was the ambulance. Yeah. I was at the park. Yeah. They took me and then um, I didn't know anything. 
you know, until I woke up. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm in trouble because <laughs> you're 13. You're like, okay, what was my parents going to do now, right? <laughs> right? Right. Wow. I mean, how interesting. And it's so different because I've never told you, but when I was 17, I actually accidentally put myself in a rehab and mm. I I was bulimic and I was looking for um, a therapist. So I took my parents' insurance card and called what I thought was a therapist and accidentally put myself in a in an inpatient center. So you ended up there and everyone I met was a similar story to yours, but mine, mm. I, I accidentally ended up in there. So we'll talk about me on a different day, but I, it's so fascinating because like how our, our life crosses paths. And even as adults now, you know, whether it's by accident, whether it was by intention, we both were look, on some level looking for support and, and became who we, we are today. So how long were you in the hospital? And what was the experience like? Probably about two weeks in and out though. I didn't stay all that time, but in and out for counseling and all that stuff. But I needed more. I needed someone who would understand me, who would talk to me, who would respect me, who would hear my words. Because every time it was like them telling me, I wanted to tell what I had inside of me. <laughs> right. And so what were Kohela's words at that time? Like, what did you want to share? I just want to share, like, my feelings were that I'm not being hurt. You know, I also muted myself before I, you know, since I came to Canada, I didn't want it to get bullied or made fun of. So I started to uh, muting myself at school. So mm -hmm. I went unnoticed. So I was the one who did that to myself. It's not someone else told me to do it. I kind of, you know, against protection, right? Kids do stuff, right? Right. To protect themselves. So I did that too. So I always felt like nobody ever listened to me. No one will hear me. No one wanted to hear what I had to say. But I always had great ideas. During that time, I became a great listener. I was observing everything to the details, to the, you know, finest details. So I, I'm good at that. So Fast forward to all of this, you know, when I exit, uh, when I came back into the classroom after my incident, I really started seeing things differently. So I was truly given a second chance. It wasn't just, uh, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, go, you can't go yet. It was a really a second chance to see the world through a different lens. Right. And what was the, that experience like? What yeah, coming back into the classroom, you know, there was always all of these um, uh, quotes in my math class, especially my math class was my, you know, I was doing really bad in math. I didn't understand it. I hated it. I hated school. You know, I hated a lot of stuff. That's what I used to say. I hate everything. Right. And that's why I wanted to leave. But now that I cannot leave, I come back into the classroom. There was always these quotes by different people in my math class. And I would read it and I would make no sense before because negativity always kills positive. It doesn't matter how much you can read and, you know, do it, right? So I came back and I read one quote by Albert Einstein, which read that it's not that you have to be smart. I just stay with my problems longer. Hmm. So I used to think I have to be smart. You know, every one of us, even a lot of students I work with these nowadays, they think I'm not smart. I'm not smart. So why would you expect me to do this? No, you just have to stay with it and figure it out. Right. That's all. So that's that was a strong message. I think it was something that I, I held on to. And because I started applying that in math, there was always an answer to every problem, right? If you do problems, you always get answer at the end. 
So that's started feeding me. I'm like, okay, I stay with the problem. I can figure it out. I stay with the problem. I can figure it out. Wow, this is working. He's really right. This is really right. right. This is correct. So that's how I started, you know, diving more and more. And I used math as a therapy during that time. Rest of my time in high school, I was using math as a therapy. I hacked math. I I can solve any math in the simplest way possible and teach it to someone. That's what I gained at the end of that. That is, I needed you throughout my entire life. I mean, math, I, I would start shaking. Yes. You bring math to my attention and I would be nervous. So thank God that you hacked the system and figured out a way through. And isn't that what it is? It's just finding a way to hack the system. There's a system. You have to hack it. You have to know. Right. Reverse engineer everything, right? Exactly. So yeah. if you figure out how to hack the system with math and how does that play out in every area of your life? Yeah, that gave me, of course, confidence, right? I didn't need it to talk to everyone. If I was bored, if I was sad, I would just do math problems. I'm like, I'm going to hack this problem now. I'm going to have hack this concept. And I would read the stories of whoever invented or created or uh, found those th- theories or concepts. I would read about it. And it, was, it became my, that's why I wrote a chapter and they said, what, what's the most important book you read? I said, math textbooks. It kept me busy because I didn't have to think about anything negative in my life. I could just escape into the world of math and it just became therapy for me. So when I left high school, I said, I have to become a teacher. I don't know why they're teaching math like this. Math could be taught so easy. I'm going to teach all my hacks to my students. I'm going to be the favorite teacher for everybody and change every kid's life like yourself, you know, including. This is my dream. I enter into, um, you know, university, finish everything, come back. I started working in the classroom as a teacher, teacher assistant, and I noticed that I couldn't help any students the way I wanted. So that was the disappointing uh, years of my life. Like I was failing more students than I wanted to help them. It wasn't math. Is it because the way that the structure is, isn't the way you were allowed to teach? That there's curriculum uh, that you have to follow the way you know the, you are demanded, and there's t- certain tests. And because everyone learns differently, but we try to teach everyone the same way. Right. There's no differentiation, and even if you try to do it, it's it's way too many that you can't even handle it. Right. So for me, that was very very disappointing that I was not reaching all the students, and I know the students who were like me in that class because I can pinpoint them. I know you, you who you are. <laughs> I was one of those two. <laughs> I I would have loved to have support, and what's interesting is until I had a child, I didn't really see how my brain worked, and then watching my children, I'm like, oh, I because. I mean, I say this joke all the time and it initially was a joke and now it's like quite sad. I used to say the only A plus I've ever had next to my name is my blood type. I'm like an A positive. So it was this ongoing joke because I didn't really have the how to learn. But and so I, I made up I wasn't smart, but watching my children and seeing the way that their brain works and how smart they are. And it's not about the grades. It's really just about watching how someone's brain works and and using how they learn to teach them. So I love that you were able to observe that and 
step into it powerfully and, and not only do what was the curriculum. So how did you transition from what you were doing to taking powerful action? So when you're in the system, part of part being part of every system, you have to kind of go with the system, right? Even though it doesn't agree with you. So I started started my own tutoring business on the side. I'm like, I'm going to help my students the way they needed to be helped. Like you said, I wanted to see how they process information. I wanted to see how their brain is turning, not what I'm telling them or how the curriculum is delivered. So I was able to do that in that one-on-one or small group environments. And it was, I was in control. I needed the control to do that. So I did that. But then it turned it into my I mean, tutoring sessions turned into like, do my homework. You're my homework machine kind of attitude. And I'm like, no, that's not who I am. I want to change your future. I want to give you all this powerful stuff, not to get your homework done. Don't come to me for that. You go and do that on your own time. Right. 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 So tutoring was starting to get into my nerves. Like, you know, it wasn't working for me either. Like I was always like, whenever things don't work, I don't want to do them anymore. doesn't matter if it brings money, if it brings satisfaction a little bit. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't want to do it the rest of my life. And I was very young at that time. So I had to figure something out where I could deliver exactly what I needed. And I knew what these students needed too, because I was that student and I know what I needed. Right. Right. A coach. I needed a coaching principle to be implemented in my process. And I started doing that and I started seeing great change. Like sometimes I don't even work with the students on the math concepts. I started working with their mind. Yes. Rewiring their thoughts and the thinking and the power or the power of words, right? I replaced some words. And I started noticing with all my students, I worked with over 1,600 plus students so far. And um, I noticed how much it was empowering them to do their work on their own. They never came to me for homework. They're like, what can we learn next? Give me something advanced. This is too easy. So I'm like, okay, let's let's keep working with this. And that's how I was able to, um, you know, create a methodology called meta-learning de-stress method. And you mentioned before, it's all about teaching kids how to learn, right? Looking at what they're doing and figuring out how do you learn and how to learn something, not what to learn. Exactly. Because I remember listening to a book and they were saying education is built on itself. It doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And I always thought there was smart people and not so smart people until I realized everyone could be smart because if you really listen to what it interests you, you can actually build on becoming smart in that area. And I, you know, having done so many interviews now, I see that one person doesn't have a hundred percent of everything. They only have what they're absolutely committed to and interested in. And I realized we all have the ability to choose what interests us and learn. So how did you go about like, building on your idea of supporting all of the people who needed you and the second part to that question is how did you then become like choose to create that into a business so the coaching business started so 11 years ago I said you know what I'm never going to tutor anyone I'm never going to teach anyone I'm all the only thing I'm going to do is I'd be I'm going to become your learning success coach 
I'm a learning success coach and it's holistic. So it mm-hmm. starts with the student, who they are. Like you said, the interest part is so huge. And there's no one, uh, you know, one program that fits my second student. It's always a brand new student. So I don't look at any student says, oh, it worked for him. It must work for you. So let me start with that. No, it's what our system is doing right now. That's the problem, right? We try to fit everybody through the same mold. Um, so I was creating this and 11 years ago, I also did because I was a single mom with a young son. So I said, you know, I need to be with him because I was dragging him everywhere and running around tutoring and all that. So I had to revamp everything I was doing and like make it into a powerful system. And then I, all my students I thought would leave when I said, you know what, I'm no longer tutoring, I'm going to be coaching. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm also going to take you online. So 11 years ago, I found a program and I went online fully. And I had over hundreds of students by then. And everybody stayed. I I said to myself, I'm doing it for my son. And this is the way I want to grow my business. And if they leave, they leave. It's a hit on the business. That's fine. And I will find new people. And that confident proved to be perfect because they all stayed. Nobody left left me. They didn't care being online. This is 11 years ago online, right? Now everybody knows online. But before, it was a new thing. Right. So that was a blessing because during COVID, my life never changed. I was already online. All my students were online and they are all over the world. I have students all over the world. So as, as you, you know, everyone was kind of, you know, changing over into online and stuff. My life just continued and it grew. My business grew. So I had about a year and a half ago, I had a choice to either hire more teachers because I can't, you know, take on new more students. So to hire more teachers or empower them, employ them or empower them. So I chose empowerment because that's what I wanted as a teacher when I left. So that's how I created a training uh, for learning success coaching program. So now I have trained over hundreds of teachers in my methodology. They get certified and I also teach them the business model so they can be online as well. How long is the process? It's eight weeks training. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I give them everything from A to Z. And it's not a franchise model, so it's a bit different. I created my own model. So the teachers, these teachers that I help are not teachers that I'm pulling out of the classroom. I'm not saying, you know, leave classroom, come and do this. These are teachers who are trying to leave completely the teaching profession. You know, in the United States and Canada, there's a lot of teachers who are not happy. Right. So these are teachers who are completely going to other profession, but they are passionate about their kids' success, their students' success, but they don't see the point in staying in the system because they're just not getting the results they want. So I kind of stop those teachers and they say, I tell them, you know, here's a new environment. You can still serve your students passionately, you know, and give them impact and transform them and stay here and do this instead of leaving and going to become a, I don't know, real estate agent is one of the biggest things <laughs> teachers are going into right now. Or um, the other one was what? Uh, insurance. It yeah, I've seen insurance. a lot of that too. As a matter of fact, one of my daughter's teachers, she's 15, contacted me recently, uh, not recently, about a year ago. And he said, you know, Louisa, your daughter has a tendency of hijacking my classroom. And I said, interesting. And he said, but she's so powerful and she's so um captivating in the class that all the kids end up wanting to follow what she's doing and I lose control and in my head I was thinking well why don't you give her a little bit of leadership in the classroom 
And as opposed to a lot, you know, being the victim of her hijacking your classroom. So the next time she was in another classroom, this teacher said to me, what do I need to know about your daughter? I love that teachers are asking this now. She said, what do I need to know about your daughter before she starts my class? I said, well, apparently she likes to hijack. And so if you maybe allow her some room to have some leadership space, it might serve both of you. And she did allow my daughter to have that. And they both absolutely shined. She said that Kara was her favorite student and Kara loved her as a teacher. So I think that what you're doing is so, so powerful because it empowers the teacher and the student. I actually was heartbroken that the teacher felt that being hijacked. And, And I felt so sad that my daughter was being controlled and dominated by a teacher who didn't see that as a possibility. So when I um, get conference calls now, the teachers absolutely love that she shows up as a leader. But what I'm super excited about is you're creating more of that. You're actually empowering teachers. You're empowering students. You're empowering leaders. What you're doing is really so powerful. And these teachers become a learning success coach. And I always say why I do what I do is because I needed a learning success coach when I was 12 and there was nobody. So I trained them as I who I needed at that time. These people look at each student. All my coaches are trained to look at students as an individual first. They're not your student. They're a child first. Right. Then they are student. And then you have a subject or something that they're coming for help with you. So we involve the subject at the end of it. So we always connect, content is always later, but in the school system, we're always pushing the content first. So I kind of reversed the whole process. I think it's brilliant because the context is the powerful area. Like who are we working with? What is in their space that they need support? Because if you really, which obviously you could see this is, seeing the brilliance in each child. Your brilliance was very different than my brilliance. I I didn't figure out math, but I figured out how to build relationships. I graduated because I built relationships. I didn't figure out math. Yeah. And I'm figuring out relationships now. Right? You know what I mean? We just take our own time to come to these growth on our own because we're different. Absolutely. Perfect. And I think that we I, I call it, or I'm, I'm sure it's not just me who calls it, it's, a, it's our winning formula. You know, we all have what works for us and we build on what works. And, but what I love about what you're saying is just because I didn't think I understood math didn't mean I had to buy into that. Mm-hmm. And I bought into it. Like I actually believed I couldn't have learned it. Yeah, 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 it's learned. I was, I mean, I was the worst at it. Not today, I can teach anything. And in the simplest way. And I believe no one else can either. Because I know that I've listened to so many other people. They make it so complicated like this. And I'm like, it's like this. And that's why my students always, anyone I touched, they excelled. I love that. that. It it so speaks my language, though. My daily mantra is easily and effortlessly. And I like life to show up easily and effortless. I do not need to swim upstream to feel like I did it right. Yeah. You know, I like the ease. I like the the peaceful way about going through something without having to complicate anything. 
And I, I think I learned this in the last couple of years is that when when everything is in alignment, you never have to swim up upstream. Right. It's when you're not in alignment and you don't even know. That's the thing. I didn't even know I wasn't in alignment with certain parts of it. Then right. it feels like I'm always swimming upward. But then when it becomes alignment, it's such an easy flow. Right. Right. That's the alignment. And then sometimes you have to realign too. And how, let's say a student is in your space and they're they're still seeing themselves as stuck, right? They're still seeing themselves as I'm not capable. How do you deal with a student who's not seeing your vision of easy yet? Or not easy, but ease. Yeah. So the conversation is not about that subject at this point because it's not started with that subject. It actually, when a student feels like that, it's something they're telling themselves. Like you said earlier, right? You know, you told yourself you're not ever going to be good at math. Right. Right. That's the saying. And then if you say that and say that and say that enough time, you have now programmed yourself to believe that. And, Absolutely. And, and if I say, no, I can teach it you in a, such a, a simple way. Can you learn it with me? Like, no, I would still not get that because I never got it over these years. Why, why would you think I would get it now? <laughs> right. There's always this resistance, right? That that resistance, getting over that resistance. And why is that resistance there? Getting to the root of that resistance when was it created and why was it created right probably was a teacher or probably you saw a report card or a test mark and you just told yourself i'm never gonna see this again 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 because what's the point i i actually clearly remember tell me it all happened because and i just i got interviewed last week and i shared this story is I too did not, I wasn't born in America. I'm a foreigner. And they do say the most, the powerful years are between what, three and eight. So it's five when we moved here. And they put me in first grade on my first day of school, except they came back to the classroom and put me back in kindergarten because it occurred to them that I didn't speak a word of English. And that based on them putting me back, I would probably benefit. I made up that I'm not smart enough and that's why they moved me. Mm -hmm. And I literally went through my entire life with that one belief is they took me from first grade to kindergarten because I'm not smart enough. Yeah, there you go. That's it. So that's a trauma, right? That's in in the form of a trauma. You have experienced that. So we need to remove that. Without removing that, I can't push math into you. Exactly. And- Lately, because it's not just math, it's also technology. And a girlfriend said, Louisa, I promise you, you could get technology. And ever since I've been working on that, I, a couple days ago, got something so easily and effortlessly because I got out of my own way, just had to stop panicking during the process. I tend, I, I used to tend to panic while I was in the middle of doing it. And I didn't realize just breathe. Just breathe. It's going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Technology is huge. Yeah, it's huge. And we, because we didn't grow up with this many technology right. in our life. So it's brand new. When I took all my students online that week, it was a big shift, right? Because 100 students to online is a big shift and giving up my physical space of, uh, you know, my co- tutoring space and everything. So um, my computer, I had a really nice computer. It wasn't that old. Decided to break 
that week like it wouldn't start i'm like clicking clicking and it's not starting i'm like are you sure you're not gonna start i'm talking to my computer like police do not do this to me <laughs> please start no nothing and i took it to best buy they're like this is done i'm like what do you mean it's done it's a brand and I mean, it's not that even old like how can it be done they're like i don't know we can send it in check it for you you can't send my computer in my computer is my life <laughs> like right, right now because i'm moving everything they said no you can get a new one and then if this gets fixed, well, so I had to start brand new computer like few days before I took everyone. So that means I had to relearn my new computer. You know how it is, right? You can't even relearn your phone sometimes and it comes in your hand. It's brand new. You're like, where's that button? So I had to do it. But that was my because I was afraid of technology. I kept always saying I would never be online like these kind of things, you know, very strong statements. I'm not an online person. And then boom. Like, it's like the universe test, is, test you. Like, here, your computer's going to die. Are you going to back off and go back to your physical location? Or are you going to move forward? <laughs> Which way is it? And, and everything that you're saying applies to every area of life. It's not just the computer. It's not just the math. It's not just, it's, it's, it's a way of being. The way you show up in relationships, the way you show up, like, you're unstoppable. You're like, all right, well. Get a new computer, figure it out. Let's do this. I'll just find my way through it. <laughs> but yesterday I was at church. They said, Are you letting are you living? This was very good for me because I was starting to go into that. And I need to pull myself, right? You need to realign yourself all the time, too, right? So um they were they asked the question uh, that um, are you living by your feelings or your vision? Mm. So feelings are the ones that comes and stand in front of you because they are rooted with other things that happen to you in life, right? For me, the muting myself still holds me back from speaking in public places. Like I got to get reintroduced. I got to feel the environment. And then I'm like, okay, relax. Now you can go talk. I have to get out of my way. Otherwise I can say, remember those days you used to mute try that now it can also come into play too but then that stops me and makes me sit down and I wouldn't talk to anyone in that environment right so it's a constant work because those feelings come in front of you and block you right how powerful when you have a such a huge vision for the girl who's apparently was more comfortable being quiet you have to use your voice in order to step into the leadership role and, and impact the world as you have chosen so when you have a bigger vision than what's familiar and comfortable of being quiet, it trumps the quiet. Because I used to think I was afraid of sharing because, you know, it's so funny. Everybody goes, Louisa, do you know why I loved you in school? I said, why? She said, because everyone else used to want to copy my homework and steal my, my test scores. And, and this was you, Louisa. Do you want to play hair and makeup? <laughs> I truly, and it was because I was so resigned, honestly, that I was so resigned of even bothering to take her homework because it didn't matter to me. I wasn't going to do anything with it. I didn't care enough. I already was so resigned. I could care less to take her homework. But what was fun for me was let's play hair and makeup. Hmm. And it was about looking good and having fun and energetically enjoying life. So there's, what is your perception of the difference between feelings and vibration of fun? 
because I think that when people get stuck in the feelings, they, it goes good feeling, bad feeling, right? And vibration of fun and excitement and energy creates forward mo movement. Momentum. Yeah, it's the same with the mindset, right? I feel those kind of feeling is also set. It's either this or that, right? Whereas vibration is so fluent. It's it's moving. Right. Right. It's there's a momentum and moving and you can move it and you have opportunity to move it in the direction you choose to. Exactly. And it happens in a moment. Yes. You know, I when I love looking for evidence. And, and I think this is why you like math, is because it's very fact based. And I like these interviews because I am constantly looking for common denominators. Mm. For a girl who says I've never liked math. Math, that's a big word. I'm, <laughs> common denominator is a hard word. <laughs> I love common denominators. So you enjoyed fractions. <laughs> I, I enjoy being like, well, she said this and this was her result. And he said this and this was his result. Mm. I, I just collect evidence. And it's consistently, I'm doing math in my head all day long. Yeah. And, and it's just putting things together to me that serve my outcome. Absolutely. And especially for me going, yeah, I don't really like doing math, but I'm literally computing all day long going, she said yeah. this and it yeah. equaled that. He said that and it did it. And I'm constantly doing math. Absolutely. And it works. So you do like math. Apparently I do. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I do. And I think that it, that was the other thing. How do you take something that you used to say, I don't like, and create a new experience around it and create something that brings you joy and shift it in such a way that you could actually shift your story around it? It's it's actually it it's a response from others, right? Like now, I you know on online helping my coaches do this and that, or on Canva or on Zoom, they're I'm figuring stuff out for them. They're like, "You're so great." I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, "You should have seen me eleven years ago." <laughs> right? You know what I love about what you said actually earlier, and I really wanted to touch on this. Your intention of I'm a mother and my commitment is to be home with my child. Yeah. All of the supporting evidence of like, I can't do this. Everyone will leave me, but I am so committed to my vision. I am going to do this because my number one commitment is my child and, and I as a mother. Definitely. So what was that moment of shift? Yeah. I didn't want to see my son suffering because he was suffering because I was like, am I, I mean, his dad wasn't that helpful. I could have hired people, but I also wanted him be beside me. Our home was far away. It was like a lot of logistics, right? I'd rather have him there. Then I said, okay, I'll hire somebody to be with him in my office, but he's still at my office. And sometimes I finish at 10 o'clock. He's driving with me. He's half asleep. I'm picking him up, throwing him in the bed. Like It's not a life for him to live. Was he was five got it oh so small so it's not fair for him at all it doesn't matter what I made at the end of the day I always went crying to bed like this is not a life I want to live how like I was on the search for how can I fix this how can I fix this like if I could stay home then I could take 15 minutes to put him to bed and I continue working because I avoid the driving right right we can get home 
we can eat and then he can play with his toys because he has nothing at the at, at my office there was few things for him here he has a world full of stuff he can entertain himself he was very very you know um, independent my son started cooking at the age of six like he would make an omelet for himself he's a great cook now so I'm like I, I just need to be home I mean, that's so simple. All I need to do is learn this technology, which I keep saying I hate and I don't like and I can't do it. Get over it and learn it and you can be online. And then even to test that, the universe or God took my computer away. It's like, are you going to give up now and run away? Or are you going to stay with your new computer and make it work? And I made it work. And as you say, my son was everything. And, you know, it's almost like when they support you, when the child is supporting you at the age of five, you're like, I need to give him more, right? And also because you were struggling at that age yourself, you knew what you did not want for your child. You knew exactly what it would have been like for him if you were not available. Because that was, you know, I needed my parents when I was a teenager. So not so much at that age. I was so committed that I was going to really parent as teenager because I didn't feel so much when they they were young. I was like, I'm just going to work really hard right now. And then when they're teenagers and they need me, I will be there. So when my ex-husband's job moved us to Florida, I walked away from a career I had built for over 20 years in order to be a mom. But... But I, what was interesting is I kept three to four days a month of working. So I took my 30 days of clients and moved them to three to four days. And I flew back every month to do my clients within that time. And it sounds a lot like what you did. I had to trust that they were going to stay with me. And of course I was like, are they? There's 800 million salons, are they? But they did because my commitment was so powerful. And I think that like your vision for who you wanted to be as a mother, who you wanted to be as a teacher, who you wanted to be as a leader, spoke volumes in the way you showed up. So everyone stayed with you. Exactly, yeah. And they can see it. It's it's um it's energetic. Absolutely. It's not from words. It, I wasn't telling them, please stay, right. please stay. I wasn't begging anyone. I was just doing my thing. And that energy transferred to them as, you know, she cares. She, she wants us to do well. My students always say, you always, I, I always want to do good for you. Like I wanted to do really well for you. And I never tell them that because right. I never put expectations onto my students. Like you better go do this test really good. You know, right. I just give them all the resources and I want them to feel I'm going to do good. Yeah. That's the only thing I can ask for. And they always come back and say, I always want to do really good for you because you always believed in me. I truly love that as a coach, as a, as a parent, as, as a human being to know that that's the impact you get to make in the world. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So your son is how old now? 16. He was, you know, I don't know if you met him. He was at the, I met him. He's a wonderful, he's so tall, tall but yes. he's uh we're best friends you know we grew he me and him went through a lot so you know every time I would be sad he would write me a card and you know he was my true you know he helped me as much as I helped him 
there's no greater gift, you know, being a parent and, and having that beautiful relationship with our children is really the ultimate gift. And you being a coach and a teacher and a mother, you have zillions of babies out in the world in this yes. world because of the way you nurtured. Exactly. Yeah. And my babies are having babies now. I'm getting old because my students are having babies. They're putting them on Facebook or Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh. I <laughs> They're growing that. up. I so get that. And so what is next for you? I want to by 2035, we have a collective mission with my coaches uh, to serve 1.5 million students. So that's where I'm headed. And for that, I'm always going to be, you know, talking, pushing this uh, movement of a learning success coach. So it's a it's a it's a totally different way than how the system is set up. And hopefully one day the system will even adapt a method like this to students. And it makes the teacher's life so much easier. And the students want to be there right now. We're just pushing a lot of students into the school and it needs to change from babysitting or a care center. Like that's what's getting to more and more or a safety place for parents to leave their kids while they go to work. Instead, it has to become where the kids are going there with all their heart to learn what they want to learn and how they learn. And we give them that. And our teachers are a learning success coaches. They guide them. So process. powerful. So, so powerful. That's what I want. Thank but you. Long road. <laughs> it's going little be, changes. <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful one. And thank God for all of you taking yourself on in order to choose this path. Yes. And then our, our learning success coaches, I never, even that I said, you know, who would, you know, when you start a program, you're like, who's going to buy this? How are they going to accept this? And then look at it. It's within a year and a half. I have over a hundred coaches in there now and they're all making the change that i want to make as well so those teachers would have left teaching if i didn't stop them right they were burned out from teaching in the system so that those are teachers staying in the in a new environment and offering that service to the parents and students so spectacular how do people connect with you i have two different websites i'm on all social media so Kohila Sivas, if you ever search up, you can find me online. I have a couple of books out for teachers, of course, and I'm writing my second, uh, I mean, actually my first book for parents coming out um, in October. So Kohila Sivas or learningsuccesscoaches.com is my website for teachers and learningsuccessacademy.com is for parents and students. Love it. Thank you thank so you. much for this incredible opportunity and experience with you. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. And I, I think uh, we had a very nice energy work here. I liked it. It was very flowing beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. I, I knew it would be because you're just, um, you, you know, conscious. I, I, I love conscious conversations because when someone is in flow space and flow state, it opens up all the avenues to empowerment taking action leadership all of the joy absolutely thank you thank you so much for thank having you. me bye everyone thank you for being on